Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. You're listening to episode 25 of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl. My name is Dave, and sitting across the table, as always, to slice and dice this week's episode. Welcome, Wayne. <laughs> Welcome, Dave. How are you? It's good to be back in the same room. It's a lot easier, and uh, apparently it sounds better that way. Yes, it is. got to apologize. The uh, sound quality of episode 24 is not what we want it to be, and uh, I'm going to see if I can tweak it a little bit, but... Regardless, uh, we're going to finish up season two tonight. Uh, Hallelujah. uh, Man, holy cow. This has been... um, Our Canadian brothers and sisters were fortunate enough last night to see the season three premiere. And, uh, you know, look, we're we're down south of the border and, you know, we've still got to wait about a week. Yeah, it's good. You know, that's the way it is. You know, the Canada... Taking this opportunity to get a one up on the states here, and uh, congratulations, boys! Yeah, you made so, me wait a week. So. Yeah, it's probably because we beat them in hockey last time. <laughs> no, I, don't know if, I don't have no, no idea whether we did or not. We did. No, you. T- if, if there are any Canadians listening to us, they're, they're up in arms right now. Okay. Well, of course, you should know that since you're yeah. uh, Team USA was was beaten. It was a, it was a good game, but they they were beaten by Team Canada in the the last Olympics. Oh well, then they're not. Yeah, they're not going to be mad at us. No. All right. Um, the the U nineteen team a couple years ago yeah. won. Now we're recording. John oh, Carlson scored the winning goal, by the way. Oh, Place for the Caps. See, see, I told you <laughs> he knows this stuff. Um, I'm a big John Carlson fan, though. Hey, and hey, I got news. The NHL is back in business. Yeah, Canadians are. There's something to be excited about. Canadians and Americans unite in our thanking the uh, the hockey muckety mucks for finally getting their ridiculous differences straightened out, and uh, let's get this season underway, boys. Come on, let's play some hockey. Yes, and it looks like uh, they'll probably, what, do about 10 days of training and then probably jump right into the league schedule. I, I don't even know. I yeah. just heard they're having hockey again. So. All right, well, anyway. Um, I'm too busy watching the Ravens win to worry about anything else. Well, that's good. Uh, we're recording on uh, Monday night, January 7th, so the Canadian premiere of Lost Girl was was last night. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously we're both staying away from it. Uh, I don't want to know. I'm going to wait until uh, next Monday and then. Uh, yeah. Spoiler free. I am. I have, I have blocked Lost Girl on my computer. Well, I, not really. But, you know, I'm not looking for things. I'm not, I'm not trying to find out what happened. I'm just wait for uh, what, Monday night. And uh, it'll be exciting because also Continuum as well. Yeah. Well, premiering in, on Sci-Fi that night, which will be exciting. Yep. Um, I believe Docubus.com ran a live chat, and I did just you know sneak a peek at their uh, Twitter oh, site. Dave, and, and, come on! I know, I know, but but the only thing I really did see was that everybody seemed to be excited about the episode. So, you know, that's certainly good news. All right. Anyway, a little bit of news tonight. Uh, the first has to do with the Hobbit, and it's you know stayed number one since rolling out on December 14th and the only day it wasn't number one was Christmas Day when Les Mis debuted at number one well, and, you could see why that would be yeah I guess that's a more of a family flick than Hobbit uh, anyway I guess yeah uh, I but know. anyway Hobbit 
is uh, distributed, marketed by New Line, the parent company of Warner Brothers, and it's brought in an estimated $240 million domestically and close to half a billion overseas. Well, unfortunately, it costs $10 billion to make, so they're actually losing money on it. Yeah, uh, I think they'll probably recoup it. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, it's just like, isn't just like a couple guys like on computers? Isn't that mostly how they make the movie? It certainly is nowadays. <laughs> now, after a post on the message board Reddit told the story of uh, a 41 year old man named Daniel who's dying of cancer and only has five weeks to live, uh, the news got to J.J. Abrams about what a Star Trek fan this uh, guy is and how he likely was not going to get to see the next installment of the Star Trek franchise. Uh, According to his wife and her post, my amazing healthy film buff husband diagnosed with leukemia at 38 had to endure three rounds of chemo before they found a bone marrow donor match. Uh, He's now ravaged by a new totally unrelated cancer, nothing left to do but make him comfortable. He has weeks to live. So if you recall, you know, there was that news a few gosh, probably a, a month or so ago, that at the Hobbit screenings, they were going to screen the first 10 minutes of the Star Trek movie. Star Trek, right, yeah. So they got him out of the hospital, got him to a uh, cinema, and of course, that particular theater was not showing the 10-minute Star Trek uh, opening. So what happened was J.J. Abrams heard about it, and he arranged for... Uh, special screening so that this guy could see another film's not complete, but certainly complete enough. And according to the, uh, the post, we are of course sworn to secrecy, but we are officially allowed to say we saw it and enjoyed it immensely as a film and a gesture. It was truly amazing that a filmmaker so secretive as JJ Abrams was kind enough to show this to us. And, you know, we get so much bad news out of Hollywood that, and, and again, we love JJ Abrams. So much, Bad news, just general, every day, just turn the news, well, it's all bad. Well, but this is nice. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly love J.J. J. Abrams and his work, but obviously we don't really know the As guy. As a brother. Right, but this <laughs> certainly, you know, speaks really, you know. Yeah, that that is, that is awesome. That is classy, top quality stuff. You know, I don't, obviously I wouldn't know J.J. J. Abrams, you know, from uh, flying, I have no, I don't know what he's acting like as a human being, but. That is a, a quality move there. Uh, just excellent. That's really, really nice. And, uh, um, yeah, that movie's going to you know, probably kick some major ass. So yes, it will. Really excited about the, the Star right. Trek movie. All right. Now, we didn't talk tonight about what we've been watching because we just were uh, recording two or three days ago. So I don't, I don't suspect, other than the Ravens 24-9 victory on yeah, Sunday. The we, Ravens. Yes. Uh, Ray's last, last dance at, at M&T. Yeah. I, I know I haven't had a – chance to watch much other than the two lost girl episodes we're going to talk about i did get one episode of andromeda in yeah i actually went back and uh um kind of going back to not all the way back to the beginning of season five of fringe but uh just right after edda gets killed because i i couldn't watch that uh like third through for a fourth time Uh, (laughs) so i went back just because a new episode coming up this friday so it's just kind of to brush up on what's been going on in the the Fringe Universe. Right. And apparently, it's still an awesome show. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got two episodes to talk about to get through the end of season two, so we can actually start to make some predictions for season three. Uh, I didn't write down any of the names of the writers or directors, so if you have any of them, just chime right in. But okay, ep- well, episode 21, Into the Dark. 
Yeah, it was written by Emily Andres, who oh. was the showrunner, and directed by John Fawcett. All right. Um, obviously, two awesome episodes, and you know we've got the the long awaited war with the Garuda, and, and you know one of the things that, and I guess we can talk about it as we go through this discussion, that still puzzles me is that the Dark Fae, by and large, don't seem concerned about this coming war. Yeah, we saw a couple uh, Light Fae that were you know just kind of CYA and, and not uh, concerned about. And um, and so now we see the Dark Fae. So, you know, give the Dark Fae their due. I mean, just was it just the last episode? I can't remember. With the uh, the Glaive. Was that last episode? Um. Mm, a couple of oh yeah, yeah 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 eighteen something like that but yeah you know, we just saw with you know with the glaive where she's making deals with the Garuda and so you know so we see you know the light uh, have shifty people there just as well as the dark and I guess the the axiom is, is that people in power will you know try to maintain that uh, power and influence no matter what right. light dark or whatever uh, if you know you got a big vested interest in it then you, you know you kind of open the corruption there right but we see you know our you know, our gang of the uh, light fae and the unaligned succubus, they do seem to be concerned about maintaining this peace. And, uh, you know, certainly the dark fae reluctantly give up Vex, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes as the secret weapon, if you will. But, you know, that that was the overall thing that puzzled me. So, yeah. Now, right. I mean, you, you see it time and time again throughout history is that the... the um, yeah, you know, the, the rich and powerful will try to protect themselves and maintain the status quo and protect their position. And that's, uh, you know, from the, the first time a uh, caveman went and upgraded to a better home in the suburbs of the caves and started looking down at his neighbors. It, it, it happened then. It's been going on ever since. Yep. And ironically, they don't, you know, see the big picture because if the overall society doesn't survive, their power is not going to be worth much. True that. All right. So opening scene of uh, episode 21, we've got the gang at Kiara's funeral or wake or combination thereof. Dyson, yeah, it's a wake, definitely. Right. A Dyson wake. not in attendance. Bo's concerned that Kiara died because mistakes that, you know, and then she'll say they made, but you really know that she's taking it on herself, that she feels like they're mistakes that she made, and she wants to avenge Kiara's death. Um, and... You know, she knows that the key is hers uh, and that that uh, Trick's blood is, is related somehow to her and that she's finally figured it all out and that Trick's her father. Right. Then cut the commercial. Right. Yeah, cut the commercial. Like, and, you know, obviously we find out that Trick is, in fact, her grandfather. Her grandfather. Uh, but, right. you know, it, it was a great opening segment. And, oh, and yeah, yeah. certainly – I'm sure you didn't lose too many lists, uh, too many viewers after that. Yeah. All right. Well, so, like, yeah, she said it's in our blood. He's like, our blood. You know, he's still like trying to play it off. And really, like for a couple episodes, Bo's been hitting that. I know what the deal is. Oh. Right now, despite all of that, and and obviously that was one of the hugest reveals, probably of the season. Yeah, that was a that was a big biggie biggie. Yeah, but you know, in many ways, as I sat back and examined this episode in many ways it was really Kenzie's story and how she fits into the Fey world despite her obvious shortcomings you know uh, for two seasons she's continually put her safety and more to the point her life on the line for the light Fey, and it's no different in this episode right and she's always been 
Well, I mean, I, I don't think she'll ever really shake the whole sidekick kind of deal. But, uh, you know, now, well, and, and again, with, with Hale, too. I mean, and the two of them are kind of following a very similar story path and that now they're getting kind of more of their own stories and uh, they're kind of doing things on their own and, and becoming, uh, I think, more fully realized characters. And I think in season three that, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm positive that Kenzie, the, the role she plays in season three, uh, based on the ending of, of the second, the last episode here is is going to be huge, right? And, and I guess the difference, though, you know, you mentioned Hale, and he's the natural comparison, is that he seems to reluctantly involve himself, whereas Kenzie's always jumping right in. I think Kale, uh, Kale, Kale, Kale. <laughs> just like Kenzie Hale. That'll be I, I patent that. If, if okay. they end up hooking up, then then I I claim the first rights to naming the, the couple Kale. All right. Anyway, those we were talking about lunch. Anyway, maybe the, I just got Kale oh, on the good mind. Point. I think so. Um, but now I can't remember what I was going to say. So let's just move on. All right. Well, uh, you know, except for the fact that the apocalypse is looming and everybody's on edge. Um, you know, like Dyson, you know, giving up his love to save Bo. Kenzie gives up Nate because she knows. She's really, you know, no use if he's around because, you know, he's just going to distract her. And, and I, you know, I think she understands that she is important. Right. And, she, you know, she can't tell him. And we, I mean, we discussed this last podcast and my, my views haven't changed yet. But, it, you know, it's still the same thing. Like she can't tell him and, you know, and, but uh, so she dumps him for the very same reasons that Bo is trying to get rid of her. But, but she's really bought in, though, which is true. I will concede that one. She has kind of become a significant part of this thing where, you know, that's hard to describe, but a family, I guess this family is, we've said that on more than a number of occasions that that's what it is. Hale, Dyson, Trick, Bo, Kenzie, Lauren, a little bit kind of, um, I should say a little bit, but you know, not quite as much as those five kind of central characters. Uh, but they, you know, that's what they are. They're, they're a family and, and there's no question about it. And so we see that, front and center right and speaking of family then we have him uh, revealing that he's actually not her father but her grandfather and then it occurs to Bo. wait a minute that means ifa is your daughter yep and we find that is true and then the next natural question is well what about my father and trick responds the answer to that still eludes me terrifies me yeah, and there was that suggestion uh, back in season one when uh, she was talking to Aoife and, and Aoife mentioned that her captor, there was that possibility that he was, is uh, Bo's father, the dark, or the dark fae that, that captured Aoife um, as, you know, part of Trick's deal for ending the war. And, uh, <clears throat> but, but, you know, Aoife didn't want to talk about it, so... But, you know, again, we've got a whole nother season coming up where these questions, obviously Bo's going to start, that's going to be, I think, an important question for her in, in next season is, you know, who's my daddy? Right. And, and how much she can control this power that seemingly has, I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but she certainly learned to harness it of recent uh we find out her blood has the ability to control people. And now I'm not sure whether he means, uh, and he being trick when he says that, does he mean just, you know, that uh, physically her blood in the, in the sense that he can take his blood and write law 
or is it just that, you know, she, the blood running through her veins gives her that power, which is the way I interpreted it. Well, yeah, I, I think that it's her blood, the blood in her veins, that if she can transfer that blood as she does to Ryan, as she does to the other members of Team Bo, um, then she can unite, you know, they become her thralls, just like uh, Aoife had back in season one. You know, she had all these people just doing her bidding. Uh, Bo now realized she has the, the power to do the same. Right. Now, this is also the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, that Trick really expresses some concern that perhaps the power is too much, perhaps the power is going to take hold of her, perhaps she's going to fall down this dark chasm. And Yeah, I think he's worried that Bo's just going to go the way that her mother did. Right, just go too far. Yeah, and, and become like Aoife. And, uh, and certainly that's a valid concern. And certainly we see Bo is, you know, having issues dealing like that. I think certainly that last scene of the, of, uh, flesh and blood was, um, you know, uh, clearly indicating that, uh, Bo is going to be struggling with, uh, her new powers. Right now the, the scene I really liked, well, of course that, that (laughs) sort of means that I didn't like a lot of the other ones, which of course is not true, but when she calls on the name Rouge and in a scene that really speaks to her reputation, powers the light fate champion, she calls, you know, for the name Rouge and really calls is and it's more again demanding the that the name Rouge appear and, and tricks like um that's not how it's done. You don't just demand well, apparently you do when you have as much power as Bo has, and she bullies the name Rouge into appearing and asks her how to defeat the Garuda. And she's told that Dyson misinterpreted the wolf spirit's message and that he's still a key. Bo continues to bully the Nain Rouge, who finally backs down, which was. Yeah, how many people have gotten the Nain Rouge to back down? But, you know, but it's only, it's just, I wouldn't say necessarily bully her. She just confronts her with the truth. You know, if the Garuda wins, you're screwed too. Yeah, well, that's true. So why, why, are, you, why are you giving me grief, you know? And and uh, for her part, you know, the Nain Rouge was a little cheeky there, especially about the the whole wolf spirit thing. You know, I mean, get over it. Right, you're now, thousands of years old. You're you're a big girl. You know, move now, on. Now she does tell Bo that she must recruit the Dark Fae if they're going to win this war against the Garuda. And Bo says she knows who to choose. And I know you're going to say you knew immediately who she was talking about. Um, I forgot. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I mean, I, I totally remembered that Vax was up, but yeah. what I, I I can't remember is if I saw that coming the first time. Right. I, I, know, and I'm not sure I did, but I guess I mean we only have there's only a couple Dark Fae. I mean, really, there's the Morgan and Vax, or well, and Ryan. So true. I guess probably maybe I, I would think logically I would think that if if she had said that and and Bo said I know exactly who. Probably based on recent episodes, my first thought would be, oh, Ryan. But Vex makes you know complete sense. Yes, I mean, and yes. I'm just thrilled that that's the one that it was. Right. Now, this is great. He really, I mean, he, since Vex, he's been kind of like, you know, but he, now he gets to really turn it on again. I, I was loving it. Well, and that'll be the question uh, as to how much he'll appear in season three. And I think for most Lost Girl fans, the more Vex, the better. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you, you, obviously, he's, you can't you can't get, you can't get rid of him, man. You know? No, um, especially if Bo is dealing with 
dark forces. I mean, Vex can be right there to encourage that, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure for the better, but uh, oh no, no, yeah, definitely not for yeah. the better. No, well, not necessarily because I mean, you know, you have to admit he showed some positive qualities in this. He's not all bad, you know. Yeah. Sure, he wasn't going to take the blood at first, but he did eventually once he was forced into it. All right. Well, Dyson shows up finally at the wake, and he leaves a bracelet on Kiara's coffin, which obviously then plays a role later in the episode. Um, then we see Bo and Lauren at Lachlan's funeral, or, or rather his wake. And uh, your girl, the Morgan's in attendance there. Bo tells the Morgan that she needs Vex, but apparently he's trapped, or not trapped, imprisoned in her dungeon. But you and Vex are like an evil Hall and Oates. They're not evil. Yeah, you think Hall and Oates aren't evil? Yeah, that, that favorite line of the. Yeah, uh, that was a great one. But uh, she tells Bo that, you know, what Vex did to land him in prison, used his power. Well, she uh, didn't tell him. Right. We saw. Well, we saw, right. And that- <laughs> Which was uh, 10 times better. Was which was better, yes. In a number of levels. Um, uses an attractive boy to put the Morgan in a compromising position, complete with video evidence. And she asks Bo to retrieve something from the light fay and that if she does, she will uh, place Vex in her custody. Yeah, I mean, that was just great. Like, you know, I mean, we, we're used to seeing, like, the sex scene. So Morgan takes her clothes off. We're like, all right, here we go. And then... Um, Which she does again later. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, the Morgan really went through had some rough rough encounters here, man. Like, for someone who's probably had very rarely or never had someone ever say no to her, she's... Uh, man, this is probably a rough week for her. But... You know, that she starts, you know, she turns on the, you know, Vex makes her turn on the radio and can't touch this is playing. She starts dancing to it. That was yeah. classic. Yeah. That was just, it was so funny. I mean, both, both, uh, you know, both act, the actor and actress, I, I sorry, I should have gotten remembered their names, but, uh, you know, they. For the Morgan? Yeah. Emmanuel Vogier? Oh, yeah, right. right. And then uh, Vex is Paul. Something. I can't remember. Yeah. You look it up real quick. But uh, I mean, they, they, both of them were, were great. It was hilarious. Um, you know, they 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 both do actually a pretty good job. Most Paul Amos, Amos, right? Of uh, of playing their characters, uh, not always, not completely for laughs, but they are pretty uh, funny characters in themselves. And, and and it was good to see Vex coming in, and because at first you're like, "What the hell's going on?" And then Vex shows up, you're like, "Oh, okay." Now you know, sense. right? Yeah, it was good. All right. Now, you know, in keeping with my earlier statement about Kenzie, she goes to Dyson's to try to snap him out of his funk and tells him, you know, Bo can't do this without you. They go to see the Norn. And again, another, you know, I, I, now I say demand, you say, you know, ask, but, you know, that he needs his love back to help the champion defeat the Garuda. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know why they do it. Every time, all she does is cackle. And he just taunts him. The, the, yeah, the uh, Norn. Yeah. He shows up. He says, can I please have a love back? And she's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to come back, sucker. <laughs> Ask me one more time. Maybe I'll do it. Come back. No. Ah. Yeah. Like, just, like, just, she's just evil. She's awful. And Dyson just keeps going back there just so she can slap him down time and again. Well, she is, more than anything, a businesswoman. So she will listen to uh, reason and, you know, what, what do you have to trade? And she offers the bracelet, and obviously the fact that the bracelet was owned by Kiara, who like we we see this special power that she right. has. Well, she's like the she's the fairy queen, so you know. right. So that you know that that certainly uh, gets the Norns' attention, and 
you know, but but they really can't. They don't cut a deal. Huh? Right? She, yeah, because she has they really. She she's undealable, right? If in a traditional sense, yeah. Although we do find out what will cause her to deal. Yeah. <laughs> so Kenzie returns to the Norns with a chainsaw, and <laughs> and and the goggles. And the goggles. Safety safety first, right? Absolutely. Like your shop teacher in in seventh grade taught you that, and 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 she remembers a valuable lesson about because you know especially a tree that big can easily get splinters. So. Yeah. And she starts hacking away, and and it was. Pretty interesting that each cut she makes on the tree uh, produced a cut on the Norn's body and, you know, clearly caused her a lot of pain. And clearly the Norn was at a loss as to what to do. So I guess we're led to believe that really nobody challenges the Norn. Yeah, I mean, I wrote there. I mean, why didn't they think of this earlier? Like, really, that's all I had to do? Like, Deke just walked in with an axe, started hacking up the tree, saying, give me my love back. Now, she finally agrees Dyson can have his love back. The Norn tells Kenzie that she will pay dearly. Um, That sort of stuff doesn't usually faze Kenzie. She takes the vial to Dyson. All right. Now, the Red Caps, I mean, I know what they, you know, I know what they are from this episode, but have we seen them before? I don't. See, See, it seemed like. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe I was remembering this episode. I, I think I was just remembering. I, I don't think we, we've seen them before. But, you know, when, yeah, I went through the, the, the exact same thing, thinking like, you know, oh, were they in the previous episode? But uh, no, I think it was just this episode. All right. Well, they kidnap Vex, torture him. Uh, Bo comes to get him back. And, and they torture him because he, you know, uh, I guess cheated them out of something in an earlier business deal. Right. Bo comes back to get him. But, you know, they're only willing to deal for briefcase 229. Right. So, which is what she just stole for, for uh, the Morgan. Right. And the Morgan's been bragging about it on Twitter, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that, that, you know, I love the cultural references. Uh, all right. So, Bo goes to the Morgan in a black negligee and uses her suck you touch on her, handcuffs her to the bed. And we're like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden you see what's going on, that uh, she takes the case. Yeah, I mean, you didn't think, I mean, you, you had to know that that was, you know. I believe she took a few snaps with her iPhone. Yeah. So well, it's the second time. I mean, really, like, you know, the, the Morgan must have been blowing up Twitter the next, those couple of days, like first with the dance and, and now with, with this. But, you know, I just, it, it kills me because, I'm like, are are you not the least suspicious? You know, I mean, I, I, I guess. You mean the Morgan. Yeah. You know, Bo just comes in and throws herself at you. All right, you've known her for about two years now, and this has never happened before, and all of a sudden it's happening now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it humanizes the Morgan to... A little bit. To, sure. Did I just say humanizes the... Yeah, it fayizes the me. dark fay leader? <laughs> um, but you're right. She's not all, like, super tough. But we do find out she's got a pretty badass power, though. Right, and... You know, we've talked before about the light ash, and we wondered what his power was. Now, we did find out about Lachlan, but I don't think we ever found out about the previous yeah, yeah, ash. Yeah, never the, the original one. Though. We certainly find out about the Morgan. She turns that red cap to toast, uh, a power heretofore unknown. And I'm not sure who – I wrote it down, but I'm not sure who said it. Why do you think she's leader of the Dark Fey? Because she does have that yeah. that power. I'm pretty sure Vex said that. Okay. Now, Bo comes to Lauren, and their almost kiss triggers a thought in Lauren's mind. So, uh, you know, it's like the 
again, I, it's sort of cliche-ish, you know, leaning in for this big kiss and then, oh, wait, that gives me an idea about the Naga Venom. <laughs> right. And, and we uh, you know, move into really the last scene. And, you know, the whole Lauren Bo thing, it's, we're really just kind of dancing around it in this episode. Now, the closing scene, Bo introduces Vex to the other light fae. And I really hadn't given it much thought up to that point how they were going to react to Vex joining Team Bo. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we see there's not a general feeling of enthusiasm among the others with Vex joining. And, you know, you can understand why a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we, we definitely know that Bo is not a sports fan, certainly not a football fan, because her uh, pregame speech was. Not one that's going to go down in late Fay history, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But she tells them, in the one respect, she tells them there can only be one leader and I'm it. Yeah. And, you know, she, you know, semi-touching speech about how she needs them all and appreciates everything they're doing. Dyson, I'm in it till the end. Hale points out that uh, the bad blood between them and Vex is exactly what the Garuda feeds on, which is obviously something they've got to overcome. Right, which is what Bo is saying, you know, uh, that how she's, there's got to be just the one vision, you know, it's got to be united. And we just don't know how that's going to happen. Right. Yet. Now, uh, and one of the final scenes, she and Kenzie are sharing some, I believe it was champagne. I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Bo tells her, you know, she feels ready as long as nothing unexpected crops up. Yeah. As long as there's no surprise. <laughs> well, I, yeah, of course, there's not going to be any surprises, but why would there be a surprise, you know? Yep. That's like saying this plan will work unless it doesn't. Because right, basically, right. you know there's going to be surprises. Come on now. You're right. And the first surprise is the last scene of the episode as Trick's going over some text. A black mist or black something, yeah, something hovers in the background yeah. and uh, harkens back to Lost and the... Uh, oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. All right. And like, of course, you know, Trick doesn't like notice it. You know, black smoke coming up. Oh, my yo, yo, Trick, right behind yeah. you. Hey, turn, so, turn around. Um, so we mentioned last time, it seems to be a three-part, three-part trilogy. I guess that's redundant. Uh, <laughs> and and a, a three-part final. And like really, a single story arc. It, yeah, I mean, it certainly could have been a three-hour, you know, you know, block all shown in one night. But it takes us into the season finale, episode 22, Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Well, before we move on, there, there okay. are a couple of things. Because the important detail that we missed is that like something spills on Kenzie after she gets Dyson's um, mojo back at the norm. Like she, you know, so I can't remember exactly, but she like, you know, knocks into the cabinet, something spills on her. And then, you know, it's like. Which that becomes important later, right? But it never, even neither of these episodes does it really become super important. But it, it's always kind of there, like this reminder. That's when we talk about season three predictions. You know, obviously, that's something we're going to talk about. And I, I can't fail to mention uh, a Vex coming out of um, uh, in, uh, in in a kimono. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, Bo's kimono. Yeah, and Bo's kimono. That was that was great. And just, you know, the whole, uh, you know, um, Vex as like the, the, the new roomie uh, was just, uh, you know, again, a brief moment of comic relief in a, in a very tense, very, very tense yeah. episode. It's It was a good, nice little shot of comic relief, not overdone, 
just a little funny moment. Just and they, and they threw a couple, of, and I think that was um, Emily Andres did a fantastic job in this episode of mixing in these little bits of of lightheartedness and comedy in what is overall, you know, like I said, a very intense episode. I thought it was uh, it was really uh, uh, very skillfully done there because he's he's done so many of these episodes and and he does the the good ones so right now back to the you know the the juxtaposition of uh, you know tension uh, tension with the little lightheartedness we see Bo and Kenzie going through their weapons or really Kenzie's going through all the weapons while Bo's sitting there looking really pensive all of a sudden Bo and Kenzie start slapping each other <laughs> and then we find out, yeah, yeah, Vex, Vex who's sleeping on the couch, and that's kind of what you were referring to. Then when he he gets up, right? Yeah, the I jumped the gun on. a little bit there. Yeah, right. no, well, he, he, the kimono was the last one. This one, he's got eye shades and fuzzy slippers. On. Right, right. Uh, now, meanwhile, Trick calls and tells Bo to bring the cane sword he gave her for her birthday, and we remember that it had uh, Isabeau engraved on right. it. And at that time, I mean, we certainly figured it was. Uh, his wife, and you know, we start start to put those things together, and you'd like to think Bo started to put things together at that point, and he tells her. Well, that, hopefully, she's put it together since Trick, you know, told her out, right? Yeah, well, yeah. right. Now she'd be he, pretty thick to not get it now. <laughs> Wait, what's her relationship again? <laughs> All right. Well, he tells her that she could lose herself in the darkness she's going to take on, and you know, I guess what he's referring to is just the fact that you're going to have to. Um, Go primal. Well, yeah, and and, I mean, and that it's the, the the key is not going primal. It's the coming back from going primal is the hard part, right? And uh, you know, inside the sword is a vial with her grandmother's life essence. He tells her it's got incredible he- healing powers, and it's where Bo got her powers. Now, I assume he didn't. Again, he didn't mean she got her powers that. You know that was given to her as a baby, but right, rather right. just this, that just like yeah, this is right. This this is right. right, right. And he tells her, if you feel the darkness taking hold, drink it. And then we see the black shadow thing appearing in the bar, and I, I wrote it down as gobbles up trick. Yeah, I, I just know. say it grabs him, <laughs> right, yeah, and he disappears. Weird. It was cool, pretty cool special effect. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, all right now, well, got, by this point, it's it's a you know a successful show. They got a little bit of cash to spend, so you know, like, let's jazz it up a little bit. Yep. Now, again, back to Kenzie trying to decode some of the notes left behind by Trick as they're trying to just figure out where the Garudas, uh, you know, hold up, and you know, this kind of intellectual pursuit is not necessarily what we've seen out of Kenzie, but as she says, she was queen of the code breakers back in school. And she's certainly approaching it analytically, and and eventually does more or less figure it out. Yeah, just what what, what they need code breakers for back in her high school. But eh, we'll let that one go. Right. Well, I like there was you know again another of good Vex scene where you know Vex is you know again people treat Trick with such disdain uh, if they don't know him or who he is because they think he's just a, a you just know a, a barman right. And uh, so when he, you know, so Vax is here taking the booze and, and pouring into a cup. And then, uh, you know, they're like, when he finds out he's a blood king, it's just how he kind of pauses and then just puts it back. You know, that says, ah, see, a little bit differently now. All right. So back to uh, Bo and Lauren. Bo tells Lauren that she loves her. Yeah. I don't right. get the, she doesn't, but we don't get the response that we were expecting. 
then be what we need, a leader. Okay. Yeah. She should have gone with the, I know, like the Han Solo one. Right, now, I think that's the best one. Yeah. Now, Whenever my wife says, I love you, I say, I know. <laughs> Back at the doll, Bo tells them that her blood has unique qualities, and we get the first inclination that this whole uh, un- uh, uniting all of them through her blood is going to be what has to be done if they're going to be successful against the Garuda. They have to get close enough to the Garuda to, li- to deliver the Naga venom, and we kind of knew that. And that's just pretty much restating what we learned earlier. Um, well, we know the Garuda's got trick, and in a really pretty poignant scene, the Garuda showing trick, you know, all of these visions. Oh yeah, well the whole you know not but yeah the whole thing the whole kind of like I don't, I don't know if we call it really a flashback but it's, it's almost like a Christmas Carol right right where you know the guru takes uh, trick back in time to see his big mistake and now he's going to be able to rectify it in the future right well one of the questions though that comes up is how much of what he showed trick was really true sure. Because yeah, memory is you know a pretty tricky thing, especially oh tricky. I said yeah. that. Uh, but uh, when you're as old as Trick is, you know, I mean, gosh, I have trouble remembering what I did last week, let alone 600 years ago, right? So, and I guess one of the things I did think about as I was taking some notes after having watched the episode and, and thinking back to this scene, that so much of what the Garuda tells Trick, Trick doesn't seem to dispute at all, so that perhaps. It really was true, and like a lot of people, they're placed in positions. You make the best decision you can at the time, and you know hindsight twenty twenty, and you know you don't have the benefit of that. So, uh, you know, we see Trick's office at Eden Dairy. Uh, he takes his final stand in the Great Fay War, and you know we see Trick in his you know royal attire, sitting on his throne, and the Garuda's trying to show him that he really didn't bring peace, and that. Uh, we're introduced to Lady Almuth, I believe it was, uh, her name was, uh, who was defeating Trick's forces, and that seemed to cause him, you know, a lot of consternation. I don't know if it was just that, you know, his army was beaten by a woman, or it was just the fact that he was beaten by anyone. Yeah, probably was, he was beaten by anyone. Is, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, either way, it's it's uh, it's uh, pretty bad, apparently. Right. Um, now. We cut forward to Lauren injecting everybody with Bo's blood, and Bo tells Kenzie that if she starts to lose it, Kenzie needs to unbind the others, and, and Kenzie's been given instructions about uh, what to do there. But if that doesn't work, do whatever is necessary, which may mean... Yeah, yeah she might potentially have to kill her in order to break the bond. And, and this ties in with what Trick said, and that his concern that, um, that, that Bo would not be able to come back from you know, the darkness or whatever. Right now, are, are the, you know, is this a Star Wars kind of, you know, that Bo's going to have to go to the dark side to have the power to kill the Garuda? Um, it, w- it would be if if something like that ever happened in Star Wars, but. Okay, but it never did. <laughs> I mean, kind of like, I guess like you could like compare it to like Anakin and, you know, becoming Darth Vader and he, he you know, he, he went to the dark side in order to, to, achieve a, a higher purpose he, he you know was trying to save his wife so he joins the dark side to save his wife so maybe um sorry there's a big spoiler alert there but honestly well you haven't seen that movie yet have you no i have seen all the star wars oh okay yeah, all right yeah. so uh but uh 
so so yeah, you know, I mean, and it's not just Star Wars because George Lucas borrowed heavily from from you know, it's from literature again, in time immemorial. The idea that uh, sometimes you have to make a deal with the devil in order to you know maybe accomplish what you see as a greater good, but as Trick learned as a Blood King, there's always a price. There's always a price. So whenever you go to the dark side, you're not. You never just visit. Right. And, and as you said earlier, I mean, the question is not going primal, it's being able to come back from, you know, going over to the dark side. Now, with only Vex left to inject, I mean, come on, Vex, he knocks off the vials of venom and pretends to inject himself. And really, everybody thought that was, yeah. you know, uh, so, you know, if we were doing a uh, really... Yeah, yeah, that, episode that be, which we plan to do in season three. Right. Yeah, that would that would be one of the the that, scenes that, that, we, that would probably be number one. Yeah, we really. because like I mean like yeah, seriously, you think like everyone else just sat there and got the shot. Vex gets up there. Oh, things get spilled. He gets up. He does it himself, uh, and no one is the least suspicious. Right, at Please. least for a while. All right, so we, we flash back again. Uh, Trick is with his wife, who says that perhaps he should rewrite the laws in his blood and. We see the scene where apparently his wife went against his wishes, and she was trying to form an alliance. And I believe the alliance was with that uh, lady Almuth, who had defeated. I think she was just trying to go and, and broker a peace, not necessarily an alliance, but just broker a peace, which uh, Trick you know, strictly forbade her to do. Okay, now um, for reasons that are obvious, as what happens when she goes to broker the peace. Right, right. Now Dyson. <laughs> I guess he does what any he's young, just he's just taking one for the team. Any young man who goes he's to college has, pro- has probably tried this line at some point. Uh, Bo, you need to sleep with me, and it's not for me; it's for you. <laughs> it's for you, right? Yeah. Um, but in his defense, that has worked an astounding number of times with Bo. Yes, it yes it has, but it doesn't this time. Now Kenzie cracks the code. And tells everybody she knows where the Garud is hiding, and apparently she does. Uh, it's an, a, an abandoned asylum for the criminally insane. Of course, it is. Yeah, they should have actually just gone there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Now, as the six ready to go into battle, no, not six, seven. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Well, it's got to be seven. That's a good, good number. Oh, the magnificent seven. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know what? I can. That was the seven one of the, samurai. My. Parents took us to see that at a drive-in theater. Uh, I'm sure it was before you were born. And I can remember yeah. the my brother and I in the back seat of the uh, old Ford station wagon with the pillows and, bum, and the bum, popcorn. Bum, and dun, dun. That is an awesome yep. movie. That's cl- that one of the like, all-time greats. All right. Um, and I got to say, Neil I, I, was I didn't see Hale's sister. I didn't see that coming. No. Well, that, well who, who would? Like, because, first of all, she sucks. And secondly... She's tiny, like you never th- wouldn't think of her as any kind of fighter. And at the end, I still maintain that same, like, because she said, "Well, you know, I like a, I was a won the sword championship, three time like, finalist at the late Fay Invitational, yeah, right?" Which it sounds pretty good. Um, you weren't the champion, though. I might point out, though, right. like if you're the finalist, good right? So. But she comes in with a bag of weapons from the Santiago family vault. Yeah, well, that was that was nice as right. well, but. But you know, so but she says that about how I'm this great swordsman. So you figure, well, we're going to get to see her, you know, cut some people up with a sword, and it doesn't happen. Right? She right. didn't do anything. I don't even know why she was there. Well, 
And, and you know, that'll be one of the interesting things like plot to see. point, really? Was there... Oh, well, unless... Okay, good. Like, maybe... Okay. Well, the battle starts, and Bo takes down two with her sword. Kenzie takes one with the mini crossbow. And I believe, was it Hale that she saved? Uh, Somebody was about so. to get it, and, and you see the arrow go through, and, and she, Kenzie with the little mini crossbow. Uh, Vex gets wounded, which was pretty ex- unexpected at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess I was figuring with... I don't know, some, you know, fey magic or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, he's got a broken bone. Come on, something's got to fix that. You know, Bo's blood or, you know, it's got to be a potion. But yeah. he's, Well, had he Bo's blood, then, then yes. Ah, good. And, and that's probably what, I think that's what really leads Lauren to, fi- you know, put two and two yeah, together. Yeah, she figures it out right there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so Lauren says he, she's going to stay with Vex, Bo, Dyson, Hale, Kenzie, Val, uh, and then we see Kenzie gets cut really badly yeah. up, along the hip. And in fact, later on when they lift her up, is that my blood? <laughs> and now, uh, again, back to uh, the scene with Trick. Uh, Isabeau goes to try to broker the peace behind Trick's back. And we find out that Trick's top aide was doing, you know, a, a little double dealing behind his back, it looked like. And that he forged some sort of a note from Trick that ordered... Uh, Horvath's death. I'm not sure. Horvis, I think is that's how I have it written down. Okay, uh, you know, phonetically. Um, but but yeah, and, and what is kind of a little shocking here is that with, uh, again, as you said before, this is the Gruda's take on the whole right. thing. Um, and here's where, like, up to now, you know, Trick really can't dispute it because it's probably yes, all right. This is events as I remember them. But what the Gruda says is that well, with the uh, the atrocity of his wife being killed then united the light and the dark against trick so in effect the peace had occurred he didn't need to write in his blood uh he and the garuda's take is that you know trick just did this to save his own ass right when writing the you know changing the laws in his blood and his wife dying i mean they they really didn't have anything to do with each other right right but so what the Groot is telling him is all true. It's just the context is sort well, of yeah. Well, possibly. I mean, like right. Possibly. What, did did it really unite the light and the dark? You know, is that true? You know, um, as as far as we've seen, Trick's got pretty decent judgment. And it's hard for us to think that he would make any kind of decision that would be harmful to many people in order to just save himself or, you know, like that, that seems rather yeah. out of character. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And the Garuda tries to get tricked to rewrite the laws, to let fate take its course. And, and clearly we know what the Garuda's uh, end game is. Do it for your wife, do it for your granddaughter. And as tricks, you know, and again, tricks under the spell, you know, he's really in a weakened state emotionally and he's about to cut himself when Bowen Dyson, you know, charge in, and that uh, you know, we find out that the wolf spirit told me, uh, told me uh, being Bo, that he'd be at his most vulnerable when he thinks he's won. So, you know, they concoct this little plan. Dyson, you know, takes one for the team. He, he does. And he was important. Yep. Yeah. Um, wolf spirit wasn't lying. All right. So Dyson's down. Bo's going one-on-one with the Garuda. And she's kind of getting the better of things there for a while. Yeah. That's and, a good fight, little Ford's, uh, fight scene with his uh, blazing lightsaber sword. That was. But uh, the Garuda's got, 
you know, more than one trick. Oh, there we go with the trick. <laughs> uh, and he does the same thing he did with Nadia, right? So he just jumps into, uh, you know, to a different body. Right, and- which at this point, you, they can't deny. They have definitely seen Supernatural before because this stuff happens all the time. In Supernatural, the demons just jump into a body and all of a sudden you're like, ah, we can't hurt them, now. you know, because the the person we don't, you know, we can't hurt the demon because the person whose body's jumped into. If we kill the demon, we kill the person and all this stuff. So, um, I, I would I would venture to guess that uh, who wrote this one uh, that uh, Alan McCullough has uh, seen more than one episode of Supernatural because this is just like right out. Of, it's just it's so totally out of that show. Like the first time I saw it, I, I hadn't seen Supernatural, so I didn't get it. But this time I saw it, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, that is. Just yeah, totally so. right. Well, no, no, that then, but and then we're led up to you know the Garuda who is now you know in Trick's body and you know so we see it's Trick, but the Garuda you know the Garuda's voice and he's going to cut his hand. He's going to you know write uh, rewrite the laws. True. And now we know why Vex was brought on board. Yes, we do. Right. And but you know, which you know it's, it still leads me because even as I'm watching, I'm like thinking, well, okay, so Trick's supposed to do this under his own free will, but he's not. Right. You know, it's still the Garuda controlling him, so I don't know what makes the Garuda think that this is really going to work. But still, better safe than sorry, Vex. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, the Garuda leaves Trick, or, or he gets injected with the Naga Venom. Garuda leaves Trick, but Trick is dead. And then it goes back to the whole, you know, the, the whole prophecy that Bo, you know, would kill. Yes, right, right. You know, would kill Trick. Yep. And but it's not like she saw it. That's, that's the thing. It's because remember, wasn't she was in like a, a dress or something, right? Yeah. But so it's it's not. She thinks it's the vision, but I don't think it is. Well, but she does kill Trick. It's just that. But I don't. But it's not the vision, though. Okay. It's not the vision she has. See, that's why I'm thinking that there's 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 more to this yet. Mm-hmm. Right, or so maybe they just. I don't know. Well, no, no. You maybe it's just right. lack of continuity, but I don't think so. I think. No, I don't think so either. Now, um, is the Garuda dead? Well. Again, this is like very supernatural-esque. The demons leave and they go right. back to hell and then they stew around there for a little bit and they're back up on earth. And so I would say... Or is he just mostly dead? He's just so, mostly dead, I yeah. think. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that we've heard the last of the Garuda. I don't think we're going to see him in season three. Okay. Um, should the, the show go beyond that, maybe we'll see him again. I think they're... they're like I said with uh, Aoife at the end of season one, um, you got a good bad guy... And you're leaving open the possibility that she can return. All right. Well, you know, in the immediately upon you know Trick dying at this point, all I could think of was like Schwarzenegger. Bo is so angry, her eyes go blue. I will seek them out and kill them all. Yeah. And and, and this point again, like you know, other connections. Like I don't. You've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, right? In the yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. You got the when Frodo offers the ring to the Lady Galadriel, and she's like. I will be the great queen. Yeah, you know, like she goes all you know right. weird and goofy. There, that's I told you. I was like, oh man, it's just like you know the lady Galadriel, the whole you know I will be queen and all that stuff. Right now, Kenzie recognizes this as her cue. Time for your meds, Bo, and pulls out the vial. But instead of drinking it herself, she gives it the trick who comes alive and immediately recognizes what you know what has been uh, what's been done, and they've got to unbind quickly. Bo's losing control. And then this, you know, really uh, 
Kind of scary scene. My strength is unmatched. I will reign as queen and you shall all tremble before my power. Yeah, that's a, that's the scene. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was pretty, you know, pretty frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And well, a uh, hint of things to come. Right. I, I so, yeah, I guess one of the questions, have they, you know, have, have they been unbound soon enough that the darkness hasn't taken hold of Bo? And that's obviously one of the fundamental questions in this episode is, you know, has the darkness taken hold? I mean, there are things that lead us to believe that maybe it hasn't. You know that that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think uh, that that it's it's pretty unambiguous at the end of this when she looks in the mirror and her is it just her one eye, right? Just goes yeah. Well, goes blue. I know that's maybe I'm just thinking that because I've seen that, that poster you, mm-hmm. you you put up on the right. website, but I, it still seems like it was just the one eye that did. Maybe both. Either way, it's it's clearly that the the darkness is is there now. I, I think she's in control of it for now, but it's, I, I think that's probably going to be the main story arc of next season. Is is, is Bo wrestling with this whatever this this that's inside of her? Okay. Now, um, one of the last well, not one of the last scenes, but one one of the last scenes at the at the battle there. Uh, Kenzie, you know, obviously is bleeding profusely and is going to die if something's not done. And, and I think it's Bo that's, you know, asks Hale, can you whistle at a frequency that will cauterize her wound? And he- At which point he says, well, man, if, if I could do that, I would have done that like 15 minutes ago. But, but doesn't he also say, I'm not sure it's a good idea? Um, yes. Well, he, he's, he's reluctant to do it. For and, sure. and so again, is, is that going to come back? Cause obviously, you know, that's one of the questions that, that we've got as we talk about what questions we're left with, what's the deal with her arm and did that have anything to do? I mean, I know the wound was on her hip or does it have to do with you mentioned earlier, yeah. something that she spilled on her arm? Right. Well, yeah. Cause at, you know, at the end she's got the clearly has the mark, the red, like her arm is now red, and uh, that's what, why she has to go outside um, because she's, she's starting to like freak out a little bit about this stuff that's on her arm. All right. Now, uh, closing scene, Bo and Trick are in his office, and Trick's pretty despondent. I don't think that's too strong a word because he can't let, whole, or let go of what the Garuda has said to him. You know? um, the Nain Rouge's prophecy did come true. Bo did kill Trick, but... Again, no, no, I guess we we differ a little bit on that. In that, you know, I think she did kill him. Whether it's well, no, I, I agree that we're, we're supposed to think that it's it's come full circle. But I just, you know, the, the fact that you know when you have a vision, I, like in every other TV show I've ever seen, the vision is is played out just like you saw it. You're wearing the same. If somebody clothes, wearing you're a red dress setting, in the vision, then right, yeah, yeah. and uh, those the details are different. So I think that that maybe. Um, you know, this wasn't what she saw. Yeah. Now, they really, you know, they packed a lot into this final scene. Uh, you know, certainly we find out that that Kenzie's got something terribly wrong with her arm. Dyson tells Lauren that's going to, you know, it's going to be a while before we choose a new Ash. Now might be your time to uh, uh, run. Which, which, which goes back to earlier in the episode when uh, he sees uh, Lauren and Bo together. I think it's, it's when she... Bo tells Lauren that she loves her. Um, now, did he have his love back at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's got so um, so he he witnesses that, and so now it's like, hey, Lauren, you know, you know, really, that's a good time. You've always wanted to be 
free, you know. So now's a great time. You can totally get out of here now and never, ever, ever come back. You know? Right. He just I, I, that's my my man Dyson's back is all I gotta yeah. say. He's he's back working, working the stuff from season one. Working the I need to let me help you heal. You know, like I did take a peek at one uh, screen cap that somebody posted from the season three I, premiere. I, 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 all right. Well. Let's just say this, oh, I guess this I mean, won't come as a, I shouldn't plug my ears because I won't know when to talk. This won't come as a surprise, but Dyson was still rocking the vests. All right. Well, that's that's I'm I have I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Now the final scene: Bo goes to find Kenzie, but before she can, you know, really she she catches her reflection in the mirror, and her eyes have that blue glow, and we see this little evil grin. Uh, as the episode ends, and I think we're, you know, again, we're, we're we're left to wonder how far into the darkness has she gone. Yeah. Um, well, and again, like I said, I think that it's, it's all about this hinting at what's, yeah, like like I just said, you know, the, the, this is all about um, what's going to happen next uh, next season, and that I think the main conflict there is going to be. Bo's internal struggle here. All right. Well, let's throw some questions out there that we're left with. I mean, is the Garuda really dead? You know, we talked about that. Uh, what parts of the vision that he shows Trick are true? We talked about that. Now, everybody knows Trick's the Blood King, right? I mean, that that one, pretty, pretty when, much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when 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 the show started, nobody knew, and now everybody knows what's going to change. Oh, it, everything changes because that's the, that was the song at the end, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, so that'll be one of the questions, and when we maybe come back with some predictions, uh, you know that that might be. Now, what's wrong with Quen, uh, Quenzy? What's wrong <laughs> with Kenzie, and where's she gone? And, and uh, um, you know, is it something to do with the cauterization, or like you said, that you know what she spilled on her? No, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Uh... That that uh, whatever was spilled on at the norm is is going to have some some serious uh, negative sound effects here. Okay. Now, Trick wants to make amends to his wife, so you know he's you know at the end of the episode he's really despondent, and you, you know he's thinking about what the Garuda has told him. So you know what's what's his motivation going to be in season three? I think that's pretty significant. But the fact that now he's got a granddaughter. Right, you know, so that, 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 that's that, that's like hundreds of years of like you know Christmas presents. Yeah, you know, and you know he he really five dollar bills. Well, the, I mean, the question is, will he abandon her to take on his own you know, task, which is to make amends to his wife? So, I mean, that'll be certainly something we look at. Um, now, what's going to happen to the Bo Dyson Lauren triangle? I mean. You know, it is what it is. I mean, th- this show is obviously to a large extent about sex, and and that's clearly one of the uh, major plot lines. Um, we mentioned earlier Hale's sister. You know, more of a role, or was this just kind of a one-time deal? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. okay. Now, <laughs> um, now some of the more important questions: What's the Morrigan going to ask of Kenzie? Right, we, yeah, that's still out there, totally. Right. Because, and because that's going to be significant, whatever it is, whenever it is. Right, and, and again, that's that could that's something that the writers maybe don't even need to know what that's going to be. It's just something right. like. This but I think it has to be in season three. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I mean, probably. even though it's, it, deal with it. unless like they're probably like whoever wrote that episode, like that's ridiculous. They put that. In. I, don't, I don't, we're just gonna ignore that. Nah, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 got to be. I mean, even though season three's back to thirteen episodes, which we've both said we we really think was a, a smart move. Now, who's going to become the new Ash? Yeah, that's and what are the requirements of to be an ash? I mean, is the ash voted in by? Well, you, you still gotta you gotta kill a human, right? You gotta hunt them down with the arrows. Oh, right, that's right. You remember that yeah, whole right, ceremony? Right. So we gotta go through that whole thing again with uh, the. But I, you know, I, I. Can I make a prediction? You can. And if it's not the same thing that I was gonna say, I'll say something. Dyson. I was gonna say Hale. Ah. Well, he's got the noble family blood thing going for him but, but does just, but does dyson have i mean don't you need to be from like one of the noble families uh, maybe you're right see that's back to the requirements uh we'll yeah. have to look we'll have to look that up i just don't know whether hale's got what it takes to be the ash i think this the last couple episodes he's of not this the season, alpha dog but i i think that increasingly in this season we've seen hale demonstrating that type of of leadership that uh I think potentially. I'm just, you know, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Realistically, I think they're probably going to pull in someone else. There's going to okay. be some new dude. If if I, if you really want to ask me my honest opinion, I would say this season they're going to bring in another outside dude like Lachlan <clears throat> who's going to be the Ash. Okay, now we'll talk about who they're bringing in in a second. Um, and, and I would say then, you know, maybe in if if there is a, a season four or five, I think eventually – Hales would be I like I think maybe their long 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 term range it's like long range uh, plans uh Hale would will ultimately become the ash. Okay. I mean given how well season uh seasons 1 and 2 did on Sci-Fi US season 3 would have to really bomb badly. I would think to not get a season 4. All right, well don't don't do No, no, I'm I'm feeling good about it. All right. <laughs> One of the last questions, I mean again, who's Bo's father? I mean, I think whether, that's huge. Yeah, that's and, huge. I, that's, I put that to the top of the list. But I don't think we're going to find out in season. I, I I think season three finale will probably. Uh, well, okay. So here's be sort of that'll be the cliffhanger. You know, well maybe, but you know, like here's what we've had. Like season one was looking for her mother. Mm-hmm. Season two, at the end of season two, she finds her grandfather. So now, you know, by the end of season three, uh-huh. I'm thinking. So I, okay. I I think that uh, I think we will find that out uh, in season four. Her brother, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, now, the long last brother being raised on Tatooine. Right now, <laughs> last question I had jotted down is: What's going to become of the peace between the light and the dark? I mean, you know that the Groot has been defeated. Whether or not he's dead or not is is you know beside the point. But the peace that was brokered way back by. I mean, has that been weakened? Is there any? I mean, I don't see anything that's really well. But you know, the the, the light and dark did unite to right. to defeat the Garuda. So I, you know, right. And I, the Morrigan offered Vex up of her own free will. So yeah. And honestly, if you know, there's got to be some conflict there, right? Mm-hmm. If if not, then you know, it, it's it's boring, right? right. So that you need that dynamic between the light and dark. And so I would say that. That I mean, probably it'll be similar to what we had before. Maybe even slightly rockier because you know of what Bo did to the Morgan. I mean, if anything, that's but but though she's not light though, so like her beef isn't with the lights. Right, but so. as long as she doesn't post the pictures on 
Twitter. I mean, she Good can point. she can probably go back to the morgue and say, "Come on, yeah, it's just it's a little bit of fun." Yeah. Um, well, that that's really all I've got in terms of questions, you know, and, and things that we're going to look forward to in season three. And of course, now we've got to wait a week. Um, the the last thing that I had, you know, that doesn't really have anything. I mean, it certainly has to do with the show, but not really the the poster. That, uh, you know, with, with Bo with the blue glowy eyes that we posted on the website uh, that says at the bottom, live evil. Yep. Any? I, I like it, but there, it seems like there was some, uh, some controversy. Well, you controversy. Well, first of all, the, what, what came back to me, and again, this is probably a, a generational thing. Uh, you've heard of Miles Davis, right? Um, Trump. Was he oh, you're killing play, me? Was he, was he in Van Halen? Oh, no, of course I did. Okay, no, right, I right, Davis just playing, just playing on, with man. me. Well, you know, he he one of his early '70s fusion albums uh, when he you know got away from uh, traditional jazz was called Live Evil, and it was really uh. really kind of a, a, a spooky you know feel to it. I mean, you know, all all instrumental, but uh, and then of course live. And evil, or just right, you know. All right. Um, well, that's all I got on these two episodes. Which you know, I mean, just again, I I can't imagine a better trilogy to end a season. And uh, you, like we said, with the twenty-two episode season two, you know, there were some episodes that kind of bogged down that really didn't, you know, do much for the overall story arc. But boy, did they uh, finish strong. Yeah, no question. And and we talked about this, you know, over lunch a lot of times and uh, certainly how the, for some shows, the 22 episode format, well, not, I mean, all shows and even like a show like, like Fringe that has a pretty avid following. um, There's people there who there's episodes that they say these are horrible. Yeah. They're just downright bad episodes because you know they're they're kind of like filler episodes which you need you know you can't have a 22 episode season that's just you know just uh just all the story arc yeah because it's just it's too much you you know uh even 24 which is probably the only show i can imagine that that does that um really after you know seasons five six seven and eight were had some great moments but are nowhere near as strong as the first four seasons. And, and because it's just so hard yeah. to come up with a, a story that can last over, in this case, 24 episodes. Well, oh, the interesting thing, back in the 60s, you know, and, you know, like Star Trek, I mean, they were doing ep- in the 30s for a number of episodes. Now, granted, they didn't have the serial uh, story thing going on, but. Right. That's, that's the thing I'm saying. Well, that's yeah. uh, like, I think what helps give. Uh, supernatural it's longevity because they have that ghost of the week type thing that they can go to which actually sometimes are my favorite episodes are just the one-off episodes which they can do easily because what is sam and dean doing when they're roaming across the country finding demons and ghosts and, and bring them down yeah and then behind that then there's also the story arc so every you know they can have a couple episodes that deal with the story arc and then they have two three or four that deal with just one off kind of things that are, are still good and so you know they're able to kind of pull it off and and certainly that shows longevity is you know I mean we're in season 8 now so um but it's 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 hard to do now the 13 episode thing is I'm not saying it's easy to write 13 episodes but it's certainly I think easier to, to maintain a single story arc and even doctor who 
with the 13 story arcs still even have an episode here or there that's kind of like only tangentially related all right now um just the last thing and we'll certainly talk more about her at a later date uh you know perhaps the next uh Next episode would be a good time. But we do have a new cast member, right, that we've mentioned before, Rachel Scarston, who's going to play a character named Tamson. And, you know, from everything I've read, and, and we talked about this, gosh, several months ago, that we got to stop looking at IMDb because it tells you how many episodes different well, characters I, are in. I, I don't look at it, so okay. that's exactly um, right. So don't tell me. Well, I, and if, I don't if, if know. If people really want to know, they can go on IMDb right. and, and find out. But I don't even, I don't want to know. Right, but uh, we'll we'll give you a little bit of her background next time, and uh, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to a new character. I mean, we we've lost a few characters, uh, you know. Certainly, the uh, you know the Ash died, and uh, you know, so it's exciting to see the you know the new dynamic. And she's young and attractive, and I guess one of the questions will be: Is she going to uh, try to entice Dyson away from uh, the love triangle? Well, but I I don't think she can though. Well, right? Why not? Because he's he's the the, the whole wolves made for life thing. Oh, uh, okay. Right. So yeah. his love is not his love to spread around. It's his love for yeah. Bo. Well, yeah. of course, uh, he also was supposed to uh, align himself with a king for life, and we know how yeah. that worked out. True. Right. So, right. Right. Um, but uh, so, like, well, what about like Linda Hamilton too, right? Oh yeah, she, she, yeah, right. She's going to be in in this uh, season as well. So that is something to look forward to. Yeah, for first sure. lady of sci-fi. No, uh, well, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, right. she she could be considered there. So, yeah. But there's one prediction I wanted okay. to make before we start talking about season three because I'm I'm worried it might happen in episode one. I don't think it's going to happen in episode one, but I think for sure that we are going to see Efa in season three. Okay. I'm making that call right now for sure. She's she's going to be back in play, and I would say that's a bold prediction. I it, it might be, but I'm even no, making it even sarcastic. bolder by saying that I think she's going to be in like the first. We're going to see her back by the, the first three episodes by episode three. Okay, of season three. All right, okay. sounds good. With I, a plus minus ratio of one, so if it's season two or four, I'm I'm I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, that sounds good, um, man. I'm telling you, I'm excited for yeah. Uh, uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, on the one hand, we get to actually go back to one episode uh, a week. That will be very nice. Yeah. And, and I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, it's, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's between watching it just for enjoyment, which is like the first time around I watched it, I just enjoyed it. I loved it. And then, like, watching it for work. You know, it's like, I'm not saying it's work because this is a lot of fun. Right. But, you know, you watch it, we have to, like, take notes and right. everything just like that. You can't just, like, just watch Well, you don't it really get it, to you know? see it more than once now, right? I right. mean, as opposed to when we only have to uh, watch, right, with one, watch we can, it once. We can watch it and rewatch and right. really pick watch it Watch it once with not taking notes, enjoy it, and then watch it a second time and take the notes. Right. So, All right, so well, anyway. Cool. It'll be fun. You know, it'll be fun just to be watching it for something new and for the first time, I think. So it's just a brave new world out there. We're all excited. Yep. This should be cool. All right, well, listen, uh, drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail. Dot com. You can hook us up or hook up with us at uh, the website, Fatalists. That didn't sound good, did it? No. Uh, uh, a number of levels. You of can access. Okay. You can go to our website, <laughs> fatalists.podbean.com. You may visit our website. <laughs> and we've got the big tab at the right side of the screen. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we'd love to get your thoughts um, you know, on the air. 
And then lastly, you can, as always, access us through iTunes. So until the next show, which will deal with the season three premiere. Excelsior.